Hello and welcome to the Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, as I mentioned on our last episode, we have finished with Trial by Combat. This is the fourth year that Trial by Combat occurred, and the fourth year, of course, that we're covering it on the podcast. Uh, And as we always do, we ask the Trial by Combat champion to come on the show. And this year, that champion was Audrey Shepard. We've got Audrey on the show today, and I'm really excited, Drew, to get a chance to chat with her uh, just about sort of her whole mock trial career. She was a gladiator champion and now a trial by combat champion and competed at UCLA. So I think we'll have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is one of the most decorated individual competitors, I think, ever. I don't know anyone else that has won both gladiator and uh, won trial by combat. So very, very cool, very exciting. And I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I wanted to mention, though, Ben, about just trial by combat in general. I've realized that we have a pretty good track record at this point. The people that we have on beforehand, um, in three of the last four years, three of the four years of its existence, one of those people have been one of the people in the final round. So if you go back to the second year we did this, Jonathan Kwong was the person that we had on the podcast. He made it to the final round. Um, you know, just two years ago, um, Sonali Mehta came on and obviously she then won it. And then this past year, you know, we had Bennett on and Bennett made the final round. So I'm pretty proud of how well we're doing in that department. Um, but obviously so, so excited to be talking to Audrey. She did a wonderful, wonderful job. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to listen to her. It's funny. You pointed that out to me the other day, and and it's sort of like, huh, I I guess you're right. I guess we have uh, had some successful folks on the show, which is always fun. And and we've had some people who really had some interesting thoughts on this competition, because as someone who's gone through it a couple times, it is a very unique competition with a sort of set of unique challenges. Uh, But setting aside trial by combat for just one second, I want to come back to it in a moment. But uh, as we've done occasionally on this podcast, I actually have a little bit of personal news that I want to share with the mock trial community, something that I'm just unbelievably excited to be able to finally confirm and make public. You know, about this time last year on the show, I announced that I was taking over as the managing director of the Maryland Law National Trial Team. Uh, which was my other mock trial alma mater. I did mock trial in undergrad at UMBC and then law school at Maryland Law. I've been doing that part-time in addition to working part-time at UMBC and doing my full-time law practice job. Uh, But uh, just about two weeks ago now, the law school approached me uh, somewhat unexpectedly, if I'm being completely honest, with a full-time offer. It was a multi-year full-time offer to continue in the same position, the managing director position, but to transition into a full-time lecturer role at the law school. Uh, it was a tough decision because I really like my my practice job, uh, you know, my my trial litigation job. But uh, after some consideration, I decided to accept the job. So last week, I uh, put in my notice at my current job and accepted the full-time job. Uh, at the law school as the managing director, which means starting in August, in just a couple of weeks, I will be running the law school trial team full-time, which is so exciting for me because while it's been amazing to run it part-time this past year, I just didn't have anywhere near enough time to be able to devote the amount of energy uh, and dedication to it that I I wanted. I just just physically didn't have enough hours in the day. That's obviously going to change now. And I'm so excited. Uh, while I don't ever want this podcast to just become like a promotion for the things that we do, I definitely am excited to take some opportunities to really uh, sell to the AMTA community why Maryland's program with me there full time now is going to be a really awesome place for people to come to a top 50 law school and do a uh, law school trial team. So, Drew, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes to share that update. And I'm just really excited to jump into uh, full-time trial teaching. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Look, man, Maryland is lucky to have you. I do not think it is a coincidence that your mock trial coaching resume got vastly improved recently, and <laughs> they are lucky to have you. And I think anyone going to Maryland Law, um, if they come from the AMTA community, it is going to be in large part getting to to work with you. So, I mean, I'm I'm so excited for you, so happy for you. I think that you are living the dream that both of us share of being able to coach and talk about mock trial and courtroom litigation every day. 
um, because that's basically what we wish we could be doing. Um, and that's super awesome. So I'm so excited for you, Ben. And look, I mean, I, I agree with you. We're not trying to make these like about us, but, um, you know, it's cool when, when one of us has some, some fun news to announce and hopefully I'll have something, you know, good post law school and, you know, we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I think, uh, obviously with you heading off to law school in the fall, you'll have a lot of exciting things to talk about right. related to just going through that process and, and doing a lot of really cool things there. Uh, and I appreciate that. I really, I really do. This is something, you know, it's kind of a dream come true in a lot of ways that I get to do this job. And, and like I said last year, when I announced that I was doing this part-time, you know, getting to run one of your alma mater programs is cool. Getting to run both of them is, is incredible. And yeah, I don't think it's coincidence that this came through, you know, a couple months after winning the national championship. I think I probably won that at a pretty good time uh, mm -hmm. for this. Uh, but we'll, we'll have more opportunities to talk about that in the future. I just wanted to share that with the community. Uh, before we transition to talking to Audrey, I just wanted to talk briefly about trial by combat this year. You know, this was the third year in a row that, that I've coached at TBC. It was the third year in a row that I've coached with Sydney. Last year, Sydney almost won the tournament. This year, she didn't advance. Um, and that's kind of how it goes at these types of tournaments. I actually think Sydney had a fantastic weekend. She played Montana in round one and then had to play Audrey as her second attorney round uh, and did really well against both of them and just, you know, it just wasn't in the cards to get through this weekend. But I'm really proud of the effort that she and Thomas Kiley, her second chair, who were, of course, both on the show a couple episodes ago, uh, how well they did this weekend. And it was just really um, a privilege to be able to get to work with them one more time. Now they are officially done with College Mock Trial and are moving on to uh, bigger and better things, as they talked about on the show. Uh, but honestly, I just thought it was a really great tournament. I thought that the final round between Audrey and Bennett was super impressive. Uh, you'll hear Audrey break down some of that stuff when we talk to her. Uh, and I'm hoping, right, I, I exchanged some messages with Justin after the tournament. And just like we said last year, we were hoping this would be the case this year. But hopefully, uh, as Justin said, next year in Hollywood, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, 2022. I don't know if I'll be coaching or judging, but I told him in whatever capacity, I'm there because this tournament <laughs> is so awesome. And I can't wait to get to do this tournament again when we could all be in the same place. Yeah, I guess I've been, you know, kind of sinking my teeth into the case a little bit more now that it shifts to the gladiator side of it. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's a fun one. I mean, it's definitely an interesting one. Uh, it was so much fun to watch uh, the final round. And I've been going back through and watching a lot of those preliminary rounds. And I, I think that, you know, there were some really, really fun rounds to watch. And I will I will just say that I'm really glad that Audrey and Sydney faced each other, not only is it, it being a fun round to get to watch, but, uh, you know, just considering what Sydney has done, I am glad that the eventual champion had to face her along that path. I just think that that feels full circle and that feels like that's what needed to happen. Um, it it would have felt, I don't know, just wrong if, if somehow someone had made it without ever having to go against her. So I was grateful for that and you better believe I'm going to be going back to watch that round between Sydney and Audrey because I'm sure it was fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was a tough trial, you know, no sort of bones about it. It was definitely a a uh, round between, you know, sort of two heavyweight fighters to use a sports analogy, but I thought it was a, a great trial and there's a lot to take from it. Uh, one other quick thought before we move to our uh, segment with Audrey. Uh, AMTA recently announced before we uh, recorded this episode that the One Last Time tournament is coming back for a second year, that they're doing the One Last Time tournament again at the end of July. Um, and I am going to sort of uh, issue a mea culpa here a little bit. I kind of did this last year, but when, when they first announced One Last Time last year, uh, I was, you know, I, I, I didn't say anything bad about it, but I was kind of like, eh, you know, this will be fine. Uh, I'm really glad that AMTA is doing this. I don't know if there will be a little bit less interest this year because we had a full season. I would I would think that might be the case. But in some ways, I might I kind of think that could make this even cooler in terms of it being an annual event, because, you know, the, the people who got their full season and finished off their year and maybe the trial by combat folks, maybe some of them will be less inclined to, to do it. But that doesn't mean there's not hundreds and hundreds of other seniors who hopefully will participate in a really cool event like this. And I think it's something, you know, as we discussed on our last episode, where 
as we hopefully transition back into in-person competition before too long, this can be something that we continue to do virtual and for teams and seniors to get to compete with each other. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. And I hope that this means, assuming there's a decent amount of interest this year, that it's something that stays uh, for the foreseeable future. Because as someone who got to judge it last year, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to the team that won last year, and I'm looking forward to seeing just what one last time looks like uh, in 2021. I, I couldn't agree more about that. I honestly think that one last time is an idea that I feel like teams all, like I, I know I've thrown this idea around with so many people of just like, man, it'd be so cool if there was a tournament where you could compete with like whoever you wanted and can just build your own team. And I feel like that's what one last time is. And it's it's really cool and really special to me because I think that so many times when you are uh by the time you're a senior, you've competed with so many different people and being able to go back through and say, wow, like this person was really cool and really nice. I would love to see like, would they want to, you know, maybe do this together at some point? Like it's just, I think that the more regular this becomes, the more common it's going to become to build your own team, which I just think is so much fun and and such an interesting idea. And I, I totally agree, but I hope that they keep doing this um, because I think that's such a cool experience for people to have. And I'm, I definitely think that it being virtual allows for people to, you know, compete from all over the country together, which is super cool and super exciting. Um, and I, I do hope that they continue doing it even beyond this year. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see, as you said, um, what the team is going to look like, uh, what the field looks like, how big it's going to be. Um, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having more mock trial to break down. Yeah, that was my other thought, too, is is it's sort of the last thing to get us through the summer that we kind of sort of accidentally as a community spaced this out pretty well, that we had nationals and then sort of the, the aftermath of that. And then we get to TVC and then we get to the board meeting. And now we've got one last time. By the time one last time is over, I mean, we're like two weeks out from case release. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's, it, it really gives us something more to talk about. Uh, but speaking of things to talk about, we've got Audrey Shepard on the show today, and we should probably get to chatting with her. Drew, any other thoughts before we move to that interview? Nope. Don't want to keep people waiting. It's a good one. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we had a great conversation with Audrey. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it, as always. Uh, as we are recording this, it's right before the AMTO board meeting, just a couple of days away, and we will definitely have an episode in your feeds breaking down the board meeting at some point after that. Uh, But of course, you'll be hearing this episode first since we got a chance to chat with Audrey. So Drew and I are going to take a quick break and we will be right back for our conversation with UCLA's Audrey Schell. Welcome back to the Mock Review. We are thrilled to be joined today by Audrey Shepard. Audrey has a long and decorated mock trial resume. Uh, She was the 2017 champion of the Gladiator competition, the high school one-on-one championship. Uh, She's a 2021 All-American for UCLA, the team that finished third overall in their division. And of course, the primary reason that we're talking to Audrey today is she is the 2021 trial by combat champion. So, Audrey, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm just honored to be here. Well, we're really happy to have you on the show. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to get to talk to you about a lot of things. Uh, But let's start from the very beginning. Let's go back to your origin story. So can you tell (laughs) us how did Mock Trial start for you? Well, um, it's funny. I'm the middle child of six kids, actually, and my older two siblings did it first, and I saw them doing it in high school. And I was like, man, that is the thing for me. Because mock trial, as you know, is just like the perfect combination of, you know, the drama and the performance and also like this critical thinking nerd out moment. So it really suited me very well and what I wanted to do. So yeah, my my siblings inspired me, you could say. And th- that's really interesting because I my younger sibling and I did mock trial together uh, mm-hmm. at UMBC for a couple of years. Was there ever any overlap? Like, did you get to compete with or against your siblings or anything like that? Yeah. So actually it started in, um, in high school. So my sister was a senior and my brother was a junior when I was a freshman. Um, and so I got to kind of come into the mock trial world while my sister was kind of like 
so to speak, at the top, you know, in our high school program. Um, so there was actually one of my most formative experiences was she was doing the Neptune case, but the high school version that the Empire tournament was doing. And a way of, of the uh, varsity team getting practice is us newbies prepped the case and ran it against them. And she still holds it over me because I objected to her and like I won the objection against her and it was a <laughs> glorious moment for me and humiliating apparently for her, but it really wasn't. It was a pity sustained, but you know, <laughs> yeah. So we, we kind of had some crossover and I got to clerk or time keep. They don't do that in college, but um, in high school you can time keep. So I got to go with them to the New York competition so I could watch Um so I got to be there with her when they had their first big win as a team. Well, speaking of your high school career, you, as Ben cited, had a very significant accomplishment in 2017, winning the Gladiator, you know, one-on-one, basically equivalent of TBC at the high school level, um, which I guess kind of, you know, was obvious to us then of what's going to happen this year, but we'll get there <laughs> in a moment. Um, but I want to take, I want to go back to 2017. Mm. Um when you were like preparing for Gladiator or just like what made you want to do it? Uh, you know, I'm coaching a bunch of kids right now with it and I'm kind of like going through this like, holy cow, what did I get myself into? But I'm <laughs> kind of wondering what made you do it and then what do you think was the secret to your success way back then? Wow. Um, I have to think about that. I mean, I was presented with the opportunity to do it and it was exciting. You know, I think I think what's so wonderful about mock trial is that you can know the basics and and grow your basics, like that baseline, that foundation, but it's always changing, right? Because it's a different kind of case. It's a different kind of charge. Um, and what I loved about Gladiator before I actually did it was this new area in which it's one-on-one, it's individual. Um, and to be honest, in high school, I didn't get to witness a lot. And I really liked witnessing in high school not in college. I do not like witnessing anymore. <laughs> Alert. I'm, you witnesses are incredible. You inspire me. I can't be you. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved the opportunity to kind of try it all out and, and test myself in, um, you know, doing it alone. Cause I've, I've always been on a team and my, my co-counsel throughout high school are my best friends. I love them. And they're amazing. And they, you know, we, we really carried each other through it. And so I just, I think the challenge of it was really exciting. Um, so I think you asked me how I prepared for it. Well, yeah. I mean, the, what, what do you think was the secret to, to winning mm. back then? I mean, do you, obviously it was a while back, but do you remember anything about it? I do. I do. It was really fun. Um, I was working with my coach at the time in high school, Sarah Winkle, and she's also amazing. So blessed by her. I think the secret, so to speak, to winning Gladiator that year, and it's a lesson that I learned and carried into TBC, is the importance of storytelling. Hmm. You know, you have to you have to connect to the emotion of the case and understand what's going on here. And in 2017, I think that was that was so key because it was this case about espionage. And, you know, on its surface, it's like, oh my gosh, spies, government <laughs> secrets, so cool. But that's like the topic. The story was so much deeper. And it was what our theme was um, as defense, which is that he was a spy and that she was expendable. And I think being able to stand in person and look at members of the jury and tell that story that I think a lot of people can relate to of feeling expendable was so powerful. Um, and I think being able to couple that story with, you know, working really hard on being comfortable with the rules of evidence and short and pithy crosses and being comfortable in the courtroom, you know, those were all kind of like those base foundational skills that I'd been really trying to build upon. And I think coupling that with, with a beautiful, powerful story was the key to success that year. <laughs> Sorry, just writing all of that down for uh, coaching notes later. It's, it's, oh, gosh. It's, being, it's being recorded. Oh, I plan on <laughs> utilizing it. Um, but seriously, Audrey, I mean, it's, it's cool. I think it's really special to get someone that had so much success in high school 
um, but has also, as we all know, had a lot of success in college. Oh so <laughs> I want to kind of turn our attention there. Um, you know, you went to UCLA, which is, you know, up there is kind of the the top programs in the country. I think I'm pretty safe in saying that. Um, so I actually would, <laughs> I, I would love, though, to start at, at your first year there. I mean, you've just come off of winning Gladiator. How was your first year at UCLA and what was it like being in such a big, um, prestigious program? Well, you know, it's funny because that actually wasn't the next step for me. I did a stint at community college um, right after graduating high school, and I was on the community college team for that year. We were more part community college, and that was like, it, it kind of was like this bridge into UCLA for me because I actually recruited my high school coach to come and help us out, my co-captain in high school went there with me, Jeremy Judd. He's amazing. And so we kind of jumped into this team with other people. Um, and together we were really successful and it was really exciting. And, um, from there, I felt like I was getting my, my toes in the water of the college world of mock trial. And from there going to UCLA, it was like I understood AMTA somewhat, and now I was in this, like, big program. Um, and honestly, I was really intimidated going into the UCLA program. There's just so many incredible people there, and it's a student-run program, and there's a lot of, like, friendships and relationships that are there. And going into it, I was like, I'm a transfer student. I'm this new kid. Like, I didn't want to step on toes. I didn't want people to think I, you know – thought highly of myself, so to speak. I just wanted to be able to be part of this program and experience it um, and do mock trial, which I love. So it was definitely intimidating at first. And then, you know, the way mock trial does is it, it builds community up. And for me, that was my experience, you know, after practice night after practice night in Rolf in these classrooms that we always got kicked out of because other clubs reserved them and we didn't, <laughs> you know, you, you, you form friendships. And, and I felt like I really got to connect with people. Um, yeah, I love, I loved AMTA. I loved college mock trial. I felt like it, it took the good parts of high school mock trial and then added everything better to it. <laughs> you know, the freedom in, in witness portrayal and the, um, the room for improvisation and, you know, excellence, I guess that it just really excited me. So hopefully that was on topic to the question. <laughs> I get carried away talking about mock trial because I love it so much. <laughs> well, you're, you're in the right place for that. Uh, yeah, I was about to say we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... definitely. You what's mock trial. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Audrey, there's something I actually want to follow up on that because I think the the you mentioning um, going to community college in between mm -hmm. high school and UCLA. So so I also was a community college student for a few years between high yes. school and UMBC, and I think that's something that both in a mock trial context, but also just more broadly, maybe we should talk about more because for me it was formative. It was really important in terms of figuring out what my life was going to look like and just feeling like I was comfortable when I got to UMBC. So I think it's really cool, first of all, that you did mock trial at a community college. I know we always have a few of them each year. Thank um, you. So from your perspective, how do you feel like that impacted you, both just generally getting to do time at, at a community college, but also from a mock trial perspective, getting to compete in AMTA? And you talked about this a little bit, but getting to compete in AMTA at Moorpark before you got to UCLA. Oh, my goodness. I would love to talk about this. So... I went to community college um, for that year. I mean, really semester um, because I had like kind of this unique high school education where I was basically homeschooled and I took some classes at community college because in my area that was available to high schoolers. And so I already had most of my general ed done. And for me, it, you know, coming from a big family, I, I wanted to do the re responsible thing in terms of finances. And, you know, I, I felt like going to this community college was the right move for me. Um, and it really was. I loved community college. And I feel like in mock trial, I don't know, this is probably going to sound so silly, but, you know, I don't, 
you don't talk a lot about transfer students in the mock trial world. And I think that's because it's hard to be a transfer student in a mock trial world. You've got two years. So in that first year where you're first introduced to the program, you know, you got to prove yourself early on. And, you know, then all of a sudden the next year and you're graduating. So I think I was really, really blessed. I mean, I know I was really blessed because when I was at my community college, my high school coach came with me and she really helped build up our team so much. And, you know, I, I talked with my friend who, you know, she actually also went to UCLA. Two of them, actually, two of my teammates went to UCLA also. Um, they both transferred. It's Tanya and Riley Shapiro. Riley Shapiro is currently on the UCLA mock trial team. She's a boss lady. Um, but, you know, before we had a coach come on, there the team really didn't know much about mock trial. It was the year before us that they first started. And they were just trying to like forge their own path, so to speak. And they didn't have resources. They didn't have people who were, you know, part of that mock trial world able to help them. And it was really interesting watching the program. I'll backtrack. <laughs> so when I first joined the program, um, my coach wasn't with me, obviously. Um, it was just me and this group of kids who were trying to do mock trial. And, you know, the first part of it was just trying to figure out what mock trial was and, and, and how it works. And, you know, us kind of trying to communicate what we knew without trying to step on the toes of the people who were captaining. Um, and then when we brought our coach in, she was this incredible resource that was like a guiding light for us and a person who was pouring into us and helping us figure out um, how this team would work. So it was really neat experience for me because I felt like it was really witnessing a program build from, you know, very little to everything. You know, we we were a community college and we made it out of um, regionals. We went to Orcs. We did really well at Orcs. Um, so I, I think it was just really important for me to experience that, of being part of a team that was nothing, the underdog, going into every round with people you know, low-key laughing at us for a community college, you know, and being able to have the experience of like knowing that people look at us as, as the underdog, but having this like excitement of, to absolutely crush them in round. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going off on community college. <laughs> but th here's the thing though. I, I totally buy that. I didn't do mock trial at community mm -hmm. college, but it, it like, it gave me just sort of an outlook on life that I didn't have totally. beforehand. And when I got to college, when I got to UMBC, it really helped me feel like I had my, you know, feet on the ground and just could sort of understand what was happening a little bit better. And that's not a, a shot at anyone who, you know, goes straight to college. That's great. Many people do that. But yeah. what you said about transfer students, I, I just, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I think compassion is something that as human beings, we all need, and we could always benefit from more of. And anytime you're, you're in a position where you're learning to have compassion for yourself or people around you, you're going to benefit from. And I think having the experience of being a transfer student really helped me understand and go through the emotions and experience of, you know, not having a lot of time to be part of a program and, you know, having to push myself through the, you know, kind of inherent desire to just maybe put up a wall a little bit or, or not worry about engaging with people and just focus on mock trial. But I think something I learned in community college and something that I was truly trying to force myself to do in my program was remember that I'm doing this a lot because I love people and because I love the people who do mock trial. You know, you get such a variety of human beings in mock trial. You have like <laughs> the people who did sports their whole lives and found mock trial and loved it. You have the people who, you know, grew up doing theater and, and love mock trial. You have the people who you, like there's so many different kinds of people who do mock trial. And I love that about it. I love how it creates this community of diversity. And so I think community college helps me learn the importance of pushing through the desire to disengage and just choose people. 
Um, that sounds so cheesy. I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm a really cheesy person. If you guys haven't picked up on this by now, <laughs> I, but I, I don't think it sounds cheesy at all. Like I really don't. I think Thank it you. sounds like an authentic <laughs> life experience. And, and, and I really genuinely think we talked on our last episode about talking about populations in mock trial that maybe we don't always pay attention to. And I think transfer students and community college students and community colleges is a great example of that. Definitely. So real quick, before we get to trial by combat, uh, I do want to talk UCLA for just a little bit more. Sure. Um, because you all, of course, are coming off of an incredibly successful season where you finished third in your division at nationals, just had a just a really remarkable season from top to bottom. And, you know, when you were talking about people and, and people in mock trial, I was sort of thinking about the, the people from UCLA that we've had on this podcast before. Um, cause you all have so many just incredible competitors that have gone through that program. We had Jonathan Kwong on here, Ian Lampert, Amanda Mundell, um, just people who, who really carried that legacy. So what was this season like for you from a UCLA perspective? Obviously 2020 got cut off before you had a chance to make a run at nationals. You all, you know, make a, a very deep run at nationals in 2021 and we're very close to being in that final round. So, uh, how'd you feel about your experience this season at UCLA? Man, um, I'm just trying to think of what words to use because it was incredible. You know, I think even though it was over Zoom, our team was so intentional. Our coaches were so intentional about making sure and checking in that we were doing okay and, and encouraging us to set up boundaries for ourselves. Because I think as we all know, people who do mock trial, we tend to give it our all and a little too much our all. Um, I, I think what I loved about the program this year specifically that I experienced this year specifically was, you know, we have coaches who come in and help us. And Elizabeth Smiley specifically is just, I could rave about her forever. She was the coach who came with me to TBC. I'm sure I'll get to talk about her more, but her way of coaching is so beautiful because she recognizes that mock trial isn't about fitting people into molds. It's not about having, you know, the type that scores well and then saying, okay, be like that person, have that way of talking, have that way of moving, you know, use those terms or whatever. What she does is she says, okay, you're a person and you have a unique personality and way of interacting in a professional, you know, place. And let's bring that out. Let's, let's find out who you are and, you know, fine tune things here and there. Um, and that was my experience this year. And I think that's why I felt like I was growing so much this year is because I wasn't being forced to be a certain way that was different from how I am as a mock trialer. But, you know, the, the, the tendencies I have that aren't so great were fine tuned, you know, cause I, I slip into super overperforming. It's just me as a person and me in mock trial. And so instead of saying, don't perform, be different, like don't move your arms in a, you know, whatever manner and don't talk like that. She very much was just like, okay, these are, this is the, this is what we have. This is the foundation we have. So let's build upon it. Um, and another thing that was so key, I think was the mindset of building up upon what we have. Right. So Every, every kind of competition we went through, every scrimmage we had, the mindset for us always was we're building upon our foundation. And even if it's one step forward, let's make sure we keep that one step forward. Maybe next time we'll take five steps forward. We got to keep, keep our level where we're at and just whatever we do, make sure we're building up our foundation so that when we are in a position such as nationals, when you have such a quick turnaround with the case, you have all of your basic skills there. And now you're just figuring out how to tell the story again. Um, so yeah, I loved that. In terms of team dynamics too, I think that we were all so supportive of each other this year. Because, you know, a, a few of us, a lot of us, I'm sure all of us, were going through some things in life. And I think when a group of people can get on a Zoom call and find a way to emotionally support each other and make each other laugh, that's something golden. And that's something precious to be preserved. So I'm really grateful that my program was encouraging that kind of interaction amongst us. You know, there's not like a competitiveness amongst teammates. And I think that's so key for a team. 
especially in mock trial. Um, and I could go off about that, but. <laughs> no, I, I think that everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, just the, it's been a tough year for everyone. And I think for so many people, their mock trial team was their, their family and people that were helping them get through this. Totally. Um, on a, on a slightly lighter note, I wanted to quickly <laughs> mention something that I'm sure you you know was coming, but I actually got the privilege to judge you and the rest of the UCLA team early, early on in the fall season. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I will say this, I actually got to see you as a witness. So it was funny hearing you talk earlier about how you hate witnessing and the rest. And I'm like, I've seen you witness and you're great at it. So I don't know what Thanks. you're talking about. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but. I'll I'll let you tell it. Um, but there was a a funny thing that happened during during your trial that I still I loved it. I thought it was amazing what happened. So if you want to tell it, I'll let you do it, Audrey. Oh my goodness, my teammates are going to be laughing their heads off when they hear this. Um, so I have roosters at my house. I have chickens. <laughs> I have animals. I have. You know, lots of siblings running around. It's a wild time at my house. And I kind of thought she lived on a farm. Just to be <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I don't, guys. I don't live on a farm. I don't. I don't. My teammates call me farm girl. I am not. I wish I lived on a farm. I wish I did, but I do not. I live in the suburbs. Um, but all this to say, there's a lot going on in my house, and I feel like. You know, something that Zoom mock trial does is it, it it invites people into your home and you get to see a little bit more about their life. So I am testifying as the winemaker, Austin Lewis. And, you know, I'm trying to be very professional, very put together, you know, serious, because depending on the charge, I was essentially the defendant. And I'm talking and out of nowhere, you just hear a rooster crow. And I... I was so embarrassed <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. So I was just like, sorry guys, I guess our winery's roosters were let out for too long. Um, <laughs> next, what was the question again? And it was just one of those moments where you just have to embrace it and move on. Don't get weird about it. Just let it be. But my favorite thing about this story is that at the end, you come and share your feedback for the round and you say, loved the rooster such a humanizing moment I was like thank it you was. it was <laughs> i'm glad i guess i stand by this it, it 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 had this effect of me being like this feels like a real person who deals with real things like roosters crowing in the background while they're on zoom i'm like i like i'm about that i loved it and it, it really was but i think that audrey what you're not selling enough is the way that you handled it and responded to it of just like oh sorry like you know, the winery roosters are out. Like, I just think that that was like such a good way to handle it. Like, thank it, you. Own it. Like, it's all good. Like, no one cares. Like, I'm not out there like, oh, minus one point, a rooster crowed in the background. Like, how dare she? Right? Totally. Like, totally. Well, what's so funny that you say that because this became an on running joke in my team and I seriously debated um, recording my rooster crow and playing it during competition <laughs> so I could have that humanizing moment. I did not do that. I did not do that because <laughs> I felt like we, we have this whole plan. We're like, okay, show the rooster in captain's meeting as a demonstrative. So it's not against the rules to play the sound. I was like, we oh can't boy. do this. We can't do this. It was all a joke, but I think, I think the rooster made his way into a couple rounds anyways. Um, I love it. Now I have a recording of a rooster on my phone. I mean, why not? I made it my captain's ringtone instead. I had to find <laughs> some way to use it if I didn't use it in round. So, <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Um, I again, it was a, a great moment and a great introduction to getting to see you witness. Um, obviously, you've also had tons of experience as an attorney, but I, I want to now move us forward to trial by combat. Um, I'm, you know, that's, that's to a certain extent why you're here. We, we love talking to you anyway, but um, <laughs> you just had a pretty, pretty relevant recent success. Um, so I want to just start with the feeling going into the weekend. Um, nervous, excited. Uh, how, what do you think of the case so far? Um, and just, yeah, what were your global thoughts going into it? Hmm, good question. I was definitely nervous because I'm always nervous going into mock trial competitions. It doesn't matter how many times I've run the case. Um, so I was nervous. 
I was also super excited because it's my last, it was my last undergrad mock trial thing. So it was just really exciting for me to be able to do it all again. Um, and I was really, really, uh, the week before we did a practice run. So we had four of us competitors get, do a 24 turnaround, 24 hour turnaround with a case, do a scrimmage. That weekend, I was so discouraged. I regretted signing up. I felt like I shouldn't be doing this. I'm wasting my coach's time. I'm wasting my teammates time. I'm going to totally just royally screw up. And man, I really, you know, messed this one up. And I was so discouraged. I think having that experience the weekend before prepared me so effectively for the weekend because I knew exactly what to expect. I knew where my moments of tiredness and needing a break were. And I also found out two days after that I was super sick that weekend. So I just was like, okay, there's a reason I was tired. I can do this. So going into it, I was not as scared as I would have been, if that makes sense. I also was going into it with a mindset of enjoying it and having fun and not focusing on the win. So that was kind of how I felt going into it, of just being there to enjoy it and experience it. It's really interesting to hear you say that, because I think that can be part of the sort of the toughest part of this competition is it's such an incredible honor to be invited and to be totally. a part of a field like this one um, or to get invited, you know, to, to coach it. But it's also so stressful that it is hard to find those moments to be like, this is so cool that I get to do this. And, and it's such a unique opportunity, but you referenced this a little bit, but I want to get into it a little bit more, which is those 24 hours, right? So this is the third year in a row that I got to coach this competition. And, you know, those 24 hours, they're really unique. You know, the people who've been through this type of a competition are kind of the only people, whether it's competitors, second chairs, coaches, uh, at, you know, between this and, and Top Gun, who kind of know how that feels. And, and I know sometimes as a coach, I find it a little bit isolating and challenging because you're really in the trenches, for lack of a better term, and you kind of just have to work through it. And, you know, irrespective of how you're feeling the next day, this competition is going to go forward. You got to be ready. So how were those 24 hours for you? And how do you feel like you managed your, you know, your energy level and your well-being and just your prep period as you were getting ready to compete? I will say this. I had so much caffeine in my body. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little scary. I scared myself by how much I was having. <laughs> um, but, you know, we had planned out down to like the minute of how we were going to use our time. All the props go to Elizabeth Smiley and Camille Schaefer. Like the, just the planning that happened where we figured out approximately how much time it would take us to read a case. We had this plan where we'd read the case, meet, discuss, get key points about what we were going to then do for our next read through do the next read through, come back, talk, then go write. And then we have this whole system of who wrote what, when I would start memorizing, when I would start editing um, and how we pass things around and then practice. And I think because we had it so scheduled, it felt like there was, it felt longer. Like I felt like we had more time than if we just jumped into it and went for it and just had this panic of right, right, right. Because knowing what came next and knowing what we'd already finished gave each minute more space, if that makes sense. So I think the first day was the most stressful, obviously, because we received the case and it was a lot longer than we expected. And we took extra time to read it. But we'd learned from the weekend before that flexibility is important. Whereas the week before we tried to make sure we were staying on schedule this week, we were like, it's fine. We'll make up the time in another portion. And it's more important to know the case than to get writing. So I think that that 24 hour time period initially was very organized and structured. Um, we also recognized the importance of rest and breaks. So we made sure to give ourselves those breaks. 
Although we did laugh at the end of the day because we're like, man, look at us taking these breaks. And then we're like, wow, I think we breaked for two hours throughout this entire 24 hour period. That wasn't a lot. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not normal. Um, but yeah, I went to bed way later than I wanted. I only got like four hours of sleep, which is not good for me. I like sleeping. So waking up in the morning again, I was, I was, you know, a bit jittery. I was, I was nervous. I was feeling unprepared and I get the news that I'm going plaintiff attorney first and I'm quaking in my boots because, you know, getting up there and being the side that has to present the evidence and being assertive and making sure you're controlling the narrative and staying clean and sharp, you know, that's the side that we had like, you know, demos for, and you have to make sure you're, you're on top of what you're doing. I had this idea like the night before to, of course, everything was the night before. Ha. I had this idea the night before of like a strategy that I came up with to make sure that I got an objection, you know, check mark in, in case I didn't get objected to. So there was just a lot of like uncertainty going into that round. And I was so nervous in, in the video. If I were to watch it back, I'd be like, oh man, she's so nervous. But I don't know. I think once the trial started, I just got in character. You know, it's, it's, it's this moment of, of, of taking that pause and saying, okay, I'm chill. I'm calm. I'm in control. I am representing this woman who had a horrible, horrible thing happen to her daughter. And let's do this. So I feel like once the round started, it was like taking a breath of fresh air because that familiarity kicks back in. You know, I know mock trial. The person I'm going up against knows mock trial. The, the, the judge knows mock trial. And, you know, you get back into that rhythm. So that was like that initial 24-hour period for me. Well, you mentioned this, so so I think it's sort of an easy segue to talking about a couple of the rounds. And we'll get to the semis and finals in just a second. But we, we haven't mentioned yet, of course, that uh, our teams played each other because in, in round four – uh, Sydney was plaintiff and, and you were defense and the two yeah. of you went head to head. Uh, and, and I don't really have a specific question about that, uh, except to say, I just, it was such a treat to watch. Um, obviously it's stressful. I know it was stressful for you and for Sydney and, and for <laughs> me as a coach, but, uh, you, we've talked on this podcast before about trying even in the midst of those stressful, difficult moments to step back and be like, this is really great these competitors uh you know are, are up against each other in this really amazing round we talked about it with with bennett and the umbc tufts round from nationals and so i just really wanted to remark as someone who got to see you go and of course everybody got to see you go in the final round but i got to watch one of those prelim rounds i just thought it was a really exceptional trial and it really showed just the level of preparation that you'd clearly put into uh this process because as someone who had to prep the same case and, and do similar things, I know how hard it was. And I also know particularly how hard it was, I think, to prep the defense side uh, of of this case. So definitely that was just a great round to to get to sit and watch as a coach. Thank you. That means a lot. I was so nervous going into that round because I wasn't I didn't feel as prepared for the defense side. You know, I. I so someone might, you know, my, my coach and my teammate might correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I like figured out how I was going to do the opening right before, you know, like the night before and was still memorizing like in that morning period. And I, I was, I was nervous for sure. Um, because I think anytime, like this is for gladiator, for TBC, you know, for most competitions where, where prelims are involved, that fourth round has so much pressure on you because it might be the last one. And so you're kind of grappling with this emotion of, I'm just, you know, this is it. This is the last one, especially as a senior, you know, this is my last mock trial round, maybe, but also not wanting to give up because you don't want that. You don't want to have a losing mindset while you're in that round. It was such, it's, it's, it's always, you know, a really interesting experience to have. And, you know, Sydney is incredible, but I actually was, I got to interact with Sydney during the competition earlier on because I was her witness. So it was kind of like, I, I felt like I could be 
more present and be more of a person because I knew her as a person at that point. You know, we we laughed together. We talked about the case a little bit together. Um, it wasn't like this moment of, you know, competitor against competitor. It's just two people doing mock trial. So I think that helped me in that round. Just be more relaxed. Well, I got to say, I, I have not watched uh, all of the rounds, but that is one that is high on my list um, <laughs> of the U Sydney round. I got, you know, that just sounds like a fun one. Um, but, you know, after that round, um, now you're faced with the semifinals. And I just am kind of curious, as the, the high seed at that point, you get the, the choice um, and you found out you're facing Rahima. What, um, what drove the decision behind your choice uh, in that round of which side? Um, and then if you want to just give some thoughts on how that semifinal round went. The reason I picked defense is because I'd just gone defense. Fair enough. <laughs> and I think in, in TDC, he just, I think familiarity with the side is going to be more important because, hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're more comfortable with your material at that point. For me, I forget things the minute I'm not doing it. So I was like, plaintiff who, what, what was my theme again? I don't remember. Do you? So I think that was the main reason I was like, I want to go to fence again. Um, so definitely that was the reason actually only that. Oh, fair um, enough. Yeah. And the round was fun. You know, I, I, I was familiar with him as a, as a competitor um, and like a little bit. And I knew that, you know, she was clean. She knew what she was doing. She had a great foundation, like in terms of her skills. And I was like, hey, this is going to be a tough round. You know, we're probably go polish is going to actually really matter in this round because I, I knew that she would have it. And so I kind of was grappling with this mindset of, you know, don't for me, if I know my competitors polished or if I know my competitors folksy, there's a part of me that starts struggling with the oh, I'm not at that level. I'm not enough in that area. So I need to make sure I'm, I'm matching them. And I think something that I kept reminding myself and my coach and my you know teammate kept reminding me is like, no, do your thing. Like, don't try to be someone else. Compete as you are, the way that you are, and just enjoy it. And, and that is what I really tried to do in that round. So yeah, honestly, it's all a blur. I can't remember the details of different rounds very much, <laughs> but- yeah, that was that was kind of what my mindset was in that round for sure. Well, I mean, I'm sure that a lot was a blur, but I have to believe that the moment when you find out that you're going to be in that final round, oh my God. that's got to be a moment, right? Yeah. Uh, so can you tell me about that? Like, how did it feel knowing you know, you, you made it? You're going to do a sixth round and you're going to go up against Bennett Dembski, someone that you've got, you know, you went up against Tufts in round four of nationals. I mean, you're I would expect you're probably familiar with Bennett and you guys have had that funny, like kind of we've gone against each other before in a really important, meaningful round. We're getting to do it again. So how was that for you? I mean, that moment of, of finding out I was in the final was my mind was going in so many different directions of like, Oh my gosh, did I make it? I don't know if I made it. Like I definitely <laughs> didn't. Oh no, no, you totally <laughs> lost. You totally lost. And I always do this to myself where right before they announce it, I psych myself out of being disappointed. It's a, it's, it's such a flaw that I have that I really need to work on, which is, you know, I don't want to be disappointed. And so I set my expectation as low as possible. And, you know, it's, in that moment, there was like, right before they said something, I was like, I give up. I'm, I'm not, I'm not moving on. And then they said it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? So it was like this total uh, mind twister, you know? And I was just so excited, but truly the main thing I was thinking in that moment, again, I'm so cheesy. I'm so sorry. All I could think about in that moment was like, man, I would not be here without Camille and Smiley. I would not be here. And just so grateful for those two people who are next to me. Um, and at that point, I was like, okay, well, now I have to do well. <laughs> like, I really have to. I got to do well. Come on. Um, if, if For anyone, for them, you know. And yeah, I, I kind of knew Bennett. I I. I don't think I went up against him as an attorney. I was a witness and I was so tired of that winning competition that I don't know if, 
Like I didn't remember a lot. I knew that he was good and I knew that his team was good. Um, and so going into that round was another one of those, okay, like get in the right headspace, you know, don't be thinking about how good your competition's going to be because what matters is that, you know, I stay present, I stay focused and I stay me. So I, I definitely also, honestly, you get the new witness. I didn't have a lot of thinking time. I was primarily like mock trial, eat food, drink water, nah, caffeine. Okay, go. Camera. Ah, forgot the mic again. Where's my microphone? <laughs> guys, guys, the amount of times I forgot my microphone, whether I didn't plug it in or I didn't put it on. It just throughout this weekend, it was a problem. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, sorry. I'm off track here, but. I think, I think finding out that I was in that final round was wild to me because I had no idea whether or not I would move on. I didn't want to think about it because I was nervous about not making it and nervous about making it. Um, but in that moment when they announced it, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I'm so excited and I'm so honored. So hopefully that answered the question. This is why, this is why I get nervous about being a witness. I'm so non-responsive. <laughs> I, the non-responsive rules don't exist on this podcast. Thank We've goodness. suspended them. Thank goodness. <laughs> but it's it's so funny you talk about things like you know forgetting your microphone or whatever else is going on behind the scenes because those are the things this year we've tried to talk about them on the podcast mm -hmm. sometimes where like you know we all get on camera uh, you know, we all of course I'm talking about my students right <laughs> and, and being like uh, you know okay like good morning your honor I'm super put together and presented and like of course five seconds before you turn the camera on it's just complete and utter chaos oh yeah no shoes on ever no shoes <laughs> no shoes still dr like drinking out of a pitcher you know full pitcher of water who uses cups like the whole <laughs> shebang of nonsense and chaos for sure and, and that's but that's just kind of the nature of i just think how how mock trial was this year and, and it's it's really interesting to hear about it from from your perspective so let's take us sort of through to the end of this tournament so a two-parter question here. Obviously, you've talked about things being a blur, but tell me what you remember from the round, from the round itself, and, and just sort of your experience going through that, mm. uh, being in that final round. And then, of course, you won. You won Trial by Cam Combat. You're the 2021 Trial by Combat champion. So tell us how that felt when you heard your name mentioned by Justin as the champion and just how that felt to finish up your college career by winning the one-on-one -on -one national championship. Hmm. Moments I remember from the round, um, the very beginning, feeling like I had no idea what I was about to do and just trying to remember my theme. <laughs> Um, I remember in, in, the, in the prelims, right, when we introduced yourself, thinking, okay, dang, Bennett's good. He's on top of his game. Like, he's here. He has a plan. Um, when he first showed that cabinet, <laughs> I was like, what do I do? <laughs> because, you know, like, I can't show in that moment, which I totally did. I am just, I can't control my expressions. So I like, in that moment, I was just like, I'm not a real attorney, you guys. I don't know how this works. I don't think this is admissible, but is it? I don't know. <laughs> and just being like, okay, Audrey, focus, like strategic, be strategic. What do you object? When do you object? <laughs> like this just total feeling like I got off on the wrong foot in that beginning, you know? Um, and I remember it was probably either before or after the first cross. I remember so specifically thinking, okay, it doesn't matter what's happened already. It doesn't matter what's going to happen next. You need to compose yourself and just take on the mindset of like, I'm in control, <laughs> which sounds really terrible. But like that helps me of just being like, I've, I've got this. Like, I know what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I felt so bad when I made him close his cabinet, you guys. I felt, <laughs> I felt. It was the best moment of the whole thing. It was really fun because it was like mock trial. But I was like, <laughs> oh no, I don't want him to think I'm mean. <laughs> so I remember that moment. Um, and I remember the end of my closing because 
it was this really surreal moment where for the first half, I didn't remember speaking. Like I, I didn't feel like my brain was on while I was talking in that closing. I was just kind of going, um, and having this very like almost disengaged, but also I don't know how to explain it. I don't explain it at all, but I remember getting to the end of the closing and there was just something that clicked in that moment where my mind and my emotions were aligned with what I was saying in a very real way. And so I was hanging on to my every word, which was a really weird experience. But because I was, I was having that, that moment with myself, you know, I was, I think it really helped me emulate that to the camera because with Zoom mock trial, it it's so hard to make that human connection. And that was something that I relied upon a lot in person mock trial is reading the room and kind of having an empathetic moment, whether it's with the witness, the judge or the jury. And so I really, you know, it was a barrier to me when we started doing mock trial through the camera, because I was like, what do I, where, where's the emotion here? Am I overperforming? Are they uncomfortable? Are they comfortable? Um, and so I think at that very final moment of just having that with myself of I'm engaged, I'm listening and I'm feeling this really enabled me to communicate the story I wanted to, to the camera and also have that confidence as I finished. Um, so that was, that was a really important moment for me as a competitor and as an individual of listening to what I was saying and believing what I was saying. So I think going from that <laughs> of like this heavy emotion into, ha ha ha, we're mock trailers and oh my gosh, I won. It was kind of like <laughs> this, this, you know, classic mock trial, bit of a brain spinner, um, it felt like one moment happened after the other, but I think when they announced my name, I was so, ugh, this is sounds so silly, but like, I just felt very peaceful. <laughs> this sounds so cheesy. <laughs> I just felt really peaceful of like, okay, like we did it. It's done. And I enjoyed it. And the people next to me enjoyed it. And yeah, you know what? I love mock trial. That was that was kind of what was happening in my head, I think. <laughs> you know, Audrey, just listening to to you talk about mock trial in this whole this whole interview, the thing that I'm most struck by is and I'm not trying to sound cheesy with this, but I really find you to be just such a genuine caring person. Aww, um and thanks. to me it was it was that moment where you said, you know, I felt so bad when I made Bennett close his door, you know, I don't want him to think I'm mean. <laughs> And it it was this, it's this funny moment for me though, Audrey, because I actually remember um, really briefly when my team first started out, our first uh, year of competing, we won Spamped at regionals and we were like, oh, like this is so bad. Like, you know, everyone just thinks that we're this nice team. Like no one takes us seriously. And we, we, <gasps> our second year, we're like, oh, we got to be meaner. Like we got to make people like be scared mm. of us. And like, that's the way to win. And I think that after a year of that, I was like, that's silly. Like you can be nice and be good. But I just think that in its most real form, I think that for me, you really embody that. Like you're killing with kindness. Um, and I just, I think it's, it's so great for people to hear and see of like, look, sometimes just being super nice and genuine will win you the highest individual award you can receive in this competition. Um, and I just think that that's great. And I just want to, again, congratulate you and thank you um, for, for you know, just coming on and talking to us and everything that you've said. It's just been really awesome to hear. And yeah, thank you. Wow. Thank you. That, I mean, I am so honored by what you just said, because that is what I believe in. I really believe in kindness and people and loving people first. And I could, I mean, gosh, I could talk for another whole hour about that. Something that I'm excited about for the mock trial community that I've seen is this shift from trying to outcompete each other inside teams and amongst teams 
and this attempt to be like, I'm intimidating and I'm, I'm mean and like, you should be scared of me. I've seen this shift that I really hope continues of moving mm-hmm. into a competition that's based upon compassion because that's what advocacy is. I mean, advocacy finds its roots, you know, thousands of years ago, the, the principles of, of a courtroom and innocence until proven guilty. That's in Exodus, man. Like that's ages old. And the whole point is standing up for the innocent and advocating for justice. So like, you know, it's about people. It's about caring. And so if we can tap into that amongst each other, that's going to filter into your rounds, you know? The fact that you're happy to be there and the other person is happy to be there. And when everyone's doing their best and everyone's confident and happy, that's good mock trial. The worst mock trial rounds I've been in and that I've seen were ones where I or others were scared or intimidated or just covered in anxiety. It's not fun to be in that space. It may, it, that's not the point of this, you know, competition and this sport. So. I really could go off and I'm going to stop myself before I do. <laughs> I love mock trial. Mock trial is about people. The end. <laughs> ben, I got to say, if I if I ever get into trouble, remind me to to contact Audrey to come oh, and, gosh. <laughs> and be my attorney. Holy cow. I'm just blown away. Well, Thank you. Audrey's fantastic, but is the only actual attorney on this call right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely share in that sentiment. I think everything, Audrey, that you said was really, really well taken. And to wrap us up, I'm going to ask a question that completely deviates from that entire theme because I have to ask it. Um, because of course the sort of the, the beautiful irony of all of this is that you are tremendously nice and you win this competition. And as a, as a reward, you are given a weapon of war. Oh Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So just, I have to ask as we wrap up, do you, do you know where you're going to put the sword yet? You know what? I totally don't because I just moved to an an apartment with my sister in Los Angeles for, for a job. And I'm like, first of all, how on earth am I getting a real life sword shipped to my apartment in LA? That's not going to fly, you guys. That's not going to fly. <laughs> so we're shipping it to my not farm farm and hoping it works out there. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, <laughs> my family has a sword collection i have four brothers so like we grew up going to the renaissance fair and they really like swords so i'm just gonna do everything i can to like keep them from taking it and like you know stabbing each other that's my goal right now well hey you've got you've got a helmet now and you've got a sword so you're well on your way I know. to filling out the costume <laughs> that's you know that's really what this all has been for you know i just want to be a knight <laughs> that's really it <laughs> oh, and you've taken the most roundabout route possible look to... guys i just, don't blow my cover come on like <laughs> i'm almost there <laughs> well audrey we can't thank you enough for coming on the show it was really a delight to get to talk to you congratulations again on winning trial by combat it's such a challenging and unique competition and you really just did an incredible job from start to finish and i just think just had a really remarkable performance the entire time. So it was really a treat to get to talk to you. Uh, best of luck on whatever's coming next. And thanks for coming on the show. No, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate everyone listening. Uh, congratulations again to Audrey on her championship. Uh, Drew and I will be back in y'all's feeds very soon. We've got a lot of exciting episodes coming up, a lot of cool things to discuss. So look for those very soon. And until then, this has been the Mock Review with Ben and Drew. 